0: we Hello and welcome back to the Marketing Mashup podcast. I'm delighted today to be joined by Ellie Herneman, who is the CEO of social media agency, Truffle Social. Truffle has now evolved to specialize in social media, having witnessed its effectiveness as a marketing tool and the immediacy of the results it produces for clients. Ellie, I've given you a little introduction there. Welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you very much, James.
0: In your own words, can you give me a whistle-stop tour of your career um, to, to where you are today?
1: well we have been all over the place i tell you that james um so i set truffle up um back in 2010 and um, i was actually at the time working in pr i was reading the papers all day every day finding um, all sorts of articles talking about the rise of this new platform called twitter and um, i quite quickly became obsessed with it after, um, mucking around and sending, sending out my tweets here and there. Um, I begged my old boss to let me set up, um, a wing of her company that would focus solely on social, but she said no. And she thought it was going to be a bit of a fad. So I, out of sort of, I guess, frustration and naivety thought, oh, I'll just go and set my own business up. So, um, So I went and did that, and um, it has been a complete roller coaster, but um, so much fun, a massive adventure, and um, I've definitely not got any regrets in doing it.
0: How long were you at the PR agencies for? Uh,
1: So I was working for three years uh, after graduating, and then... And then thought that uh, a 24-year-old, wet-behind-the-ears, lass like me, would uh, hopefully be able to kind of run something semi-successful.
0: And had you ever set up a business before, or an agency before, or freelanced?
1: Um, I did a paper round when I was younger, (laughs) so I guess I was uh, my own boss, sort of. Um, And I did various other silly little things, like arts and crafts, and selling them to my to my peers selling beanie babies to my to my friends at school as well
0: you sold beanie babies (laughs) to your friends (laughs) at school it was one of
1: the most profitable experiences I've ever (laughs) experienced
0: what would you do with them would you just get them
1: well I went to China um on holiday with my family and I actually think in hindsight they might have been knockoffs but my friends didn't realize so um I guess it was the i can't say thought that counts it was the fact that i didn't think that counted
0: so you're buying knockoff beanie babies <laughs> from china like del boy
1: <laughs> the modern day del boy
0: i love that so uh, i want to go back a little bit so b- before the before the pr agencies you've got red bull on your cv what do you do at red bull
1: I was one of those Red Bull girls that uh, ride around town in a ridiculous car with well, a giant, minis, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with a giant can on the back. And um, my job was literally just to go and chat to people and uh, educate them on what Red Bull was. And it was great. It was so much fun. We'd have different themes. So I remember one night, one month, it was um, night, the night scene, which effectively saw me through my. My night clubbing, um, uh, well, ticking those boxes for a month. So that was great.
0: <laughs> so you, well, how did you get that gig?
1: I, I think I just found out about it through a friend at uni. And she said that she was going to apply. So I went along with it as well and literally went along to their offices. And it was the most incredible kind of experiential, immersive way of um, interviewing people, giving you all sorts of challenges teamwork and all of that and um before I knew it I was running rampant on the streets of London in a mini convertible well not a convertible mini with a can on its back
0: did you learn much from that
1: loads I mean it was mainly in um how to chat to people um which I think is probably one of the number one lessons in life um particularly as a marketer
0: Oh, hundred percent, and definitely someone who who runs their own agency, being able to communicate with people, your team, your new clients, uh, on new biz. So yeah, that's that's a really useful yeah. useful skill. So let's move move back to back to the present day. What does Truffle do now?
1: What don't we do, James? That's probably more of the question. Apart from getting up to all all sorts of shenanigans. Um, so Truffle, we uh, I guess we, we're, so, we're a full-service social media agency. So our core is um, running social media management for and on behalf of brands. So that will mean um, posting all of their content, writing copy, running all of the engagement, community management, um, and then putting together a nice report at the end of it. Um, and then also, off the back of that, we, we run a lot of influencer campaigns, um, a lot of paid ads. Uh, one of the main, two, or the two main areas that we've kind of become quite, um, I don't know, we've developed a, a reputation of our own in uh, more recently is social media strategy, which is um, just becoming ever more um, important to nail, um, get it right. Uh, So we're quite kind of strategic and analytical in our approach um, whilst being quite creative at the same time. So as an agency, we do really pride ourselves on being um, strategic and creative at the same time. So that's strategy and then also um, events. So we might get uh, contacted by a fashion designer who will be saying, look, we're doing um, a big show for the London, for London fashion week can you come along and do all of the live streaming so we'll go along and effectively be, uh, become an extension of their teams and run all of the the real time uh, stuff which can be both um joyous and traumatic at the same time
0: yeah cool so when you first started truffle um just before we got on the podcast you told me the story of your different offices and and that sort of that sort of journey but how did you get your first clients and then how did you build it from there has it been consistent steady growth or no (laughs)
1: nothing's ever steady Um, that's boring no um so I um, was working in a PR agency before, and I, one of my clients was a, um, a Japanese uh, fusion, uh, Japanese-Brazilian fusion restaurant. I was selling in a story um, about them to a journalist, and then the journalist called me and asked me if I knew anyone else who was in the kind of Brazilian space, Um, I didn't, but I spoke to my clients and then they said, Oh, actually you should speak to these guys who then I got chatting to, I introduced them to the journalists. They got press coverage and then they came back to me and said, look, we'd love to work with you. But one of the things that you mentioned was social media. Um, would you be up for doing that? And I thought to myself, well, I've already asked my boss if I could run the social for her company. And she said, honey it's a fad <laughs> and i then uh, swiftly got my act together and set truffle up
0: she thought social was a fad yeah wow i wonder what she thinks now
1: yeah well i think she's um she's running some social media herself
0: wow, we'll but yes th-
1: we'll uh, <laughs> we shall yeah.
0: see so uh, what what i'm interested in because when when you first started back in 20, well, back in twenty ten, what was social media marketing? It was nothing. It was-
1: well, it, it it was more than a fad, but um, it was it was it was Facebook at the time. Um, Instagram was unheard of, Snapchat, TikTok, you know, Vine, YouTube. Well, YouTube was around, but the others were just kind of unheard of. So really, it was Facebook which people were using on a personal um kind of basis not so much um, in marketing, Um, and then, and only the bigger brands were using it for marketing purposes, and then Twitter was kind of on the rise, and um, people were just really experimenting with it, so um, that's how I got involved in it, just kind of, Posting my thoughts and opinions, and tweeting links to articles that I thought were of interest, and and started to gain a, gain a bit of traction. Then, but um, since then, obviously, it's been it's turned into uh, some crazy beast. Um, thank thankfully for for us, anyway. Um, it's you know really kind of affected the way the the world is turning around, and um, how people work, how people communicate with each other, um, in many good ways, and sometimes a few bad ways, but uh, yeah, I mean, for us, like, it's just become so all-encompassing, and um, it's just such an incredible platform to be to be working with.
0: Yeah, so the, the your, your first client, you said, was...
1: It was a Brazilian uh, cachaca brand, so... Right. That's the spirit of Brazil.
0: Nice. And what what work were you doing for them? What what was involved in it?
1: Um, So we were working with um, ambassadors who, I guess, back in the day, well, they could have been your modern-day influencers. So we were getting um, brand ambassadors involved, um, getting them to go around to various... um, magazines and publications and shops and nightclubs and uh just meeting lots of different people but documenting their journey um with the brand and um yeah and it was just like really interesting we called them um the angels so they were wearing these kind of big feathered wings uh it was all kind of almost like um victoria's secret angels but um yeah it was uh It was so much fun. Uh, So we were going around with them, just meeting people, kind of taking a a bit of what I knew from my Red Bull days and putting that into a strategy with them. But, um, yeah, I did a little bit of PR um, as well for the brands, uh, for our initial brands. And then it was quite strategic, though, because um, I felt like social media was on the rise. So as that grew and as we managed to kind of build up some case studies for our clients it just meant that we were able to then kind of stop doing all of the traditional PR which was something that I was I wasn't as interested in and um, and that's when we really kind of started to gain a real foothold um, in the social media space
0: how hard was it to sell people social back then
1: it was, it was very, very hard um, to sell social to people, um, mainly because they just you know wanted to be able to see what their immediate return on investment was, um, which, uh, as we know, with social, even now, and it's come so far, it's never going to be immediate. You need to take the time to build your brand, build, build some presence, to grow your followers, to drive engagement, um, and to really be quite memorable. And... To, to make that happen, it takes a lot of kind of a lot of thought and a lot of creativity, and you know, a lot of the time now, it's working with influencers and running a paid strategy to boost it, and all sorts of crazy ways to to really uh, uh, reach your objectives.
0: So, how, how did you how did you get around that?
1: So, um, we uh, effectively offered ourselves. Um, as human sacrifices to <laughs> our clients um, and there was a lot of blood sweat and tears if I'm really honest um, just really kind of working our very hardest to um, make sure that we had strong enough case studies to, to also kind of um, inspire our clients to actually continue investing in it um, but the great thing was we were able to use our creativity to drive um drive awareness and growth and um and that was probably the main thing that just kind of propelled us forward so um a lot of the time we found that whenever we've run various campaigns for clients they've been a bit kind of unsure or reluctant to move forward with things because also sometimes it costs them a packet as well to to do in the first place but um, it need not always be very expensive sometimes it's just about having great ideas and rolling with them but you've got to be brave at the same time Um, but fortunately we've we've had like a whole range of different campaigns that we've got now under our belts that we can use as case studies to kind of prove ourselves to to um, prospective clients mm. um, as well.
0: So how, how did you start growing the agency? And another thing I want to touch on as a second part of this question is growing your own social channels. Because as an agency, you see a lot of them who... They'll claim to be social media agencies and have zero presence on on any social media. But you guys, you have good good followings yeah. uh, around Twitter and Instagram. Yeah. And so you, uh, the, the first part of that question being, how did you start to start to grow and realize it was a thing, and then also growing your your social channels? Yeah,
1: I mean, well, I am a big believer in do do what you love and love what you do. So, Twitter at the very beginning was my it, it just, it actually genuinely became a bit of a passion for me and something that was very habitual. Um, so I'd tweet maybe 10 times a day. Um, and especially at the beginning when it was um, quite an untouched space, um, people were interested to see what other people are talking about even more. So you could almost get a bit more of a head start. Um, and then quite quickly, Truffle became um one of the biggest agencies in London on Twitter for sure. Um and we had quite like a a very defined um tone of voice which is I guess all sorts um uh, both professional and uh just kind of fun loving and and all of that at the same time. But um yeah and then with Instagram it's it's very much the same thing. Um, Although uh, admittedly we have had times where we've gone oh we I, I've I've become quite a perfectionist with things and you almost don't want to be posting anything that isn't absolutely perfect so so then you've got this battle with yourself on oh gosh do we post this even though it's not quite right and now I've kind of we've got a bit of a we've we've found a sweet spot um, but for truffle we we very much want to kind of be the agency that um, that prides ourselves as much on quality as we do on quantity and frequency. So we've we've just about managed to get there, which I'm uh, which I'm pleased about. We're we're just kind of continuing to grow and develop.
0: And and so, how, how did you start getting those like first few clients and start growing that? Were you getting loads of inbound leads in, or were you actively searching out new clients? Actively
1: searching always at the beginning. Um, it was especially at the beginning it was so difficult to um I guess be quite a young young blood and um cold calling was something that I was terrified of but something I knew I had to do um and it's not the same as going and marching up to someone on a football field like I would do it when I was working for Red Bull it's more you know you're picking up the phone and you know that someone's going to say no to you so do you still do it well yes you've kind of got to so it's just about growing a bit more of a thick skin and plowing through but um luckily these days we it's it's the other way around which is amazing we're so grateful for it um and we do get a lot of inbound um uh, inbound emails and um calls from some incredible brands that we're really proud to be working with um and yeah and and we're we're supporting that with a bit more proactive kind of outreach as well.
0: And how, how did you find those those first clients? Were you just Googling people and yeah. um, brands you wanted to work with?
1: Just walking down the road and taking pictures on my phone of a tiny little restaurant that looks like they might need something uh, or walking past a doorway that has uh, 20 corporate badges on it and going, okay, well, I'll look for these people up on LinkedIn and... Let's see if they'll bite. So, and, and collecting business cards and networking and, and all sorts. It was literally any opportunity to um, stay in touch with, uh, with someone and, and follow up, even though you know that they're probably going to slam you. Um, it was very difficult um, at times, but, but just really kind of um, character building
0: character building yeah. definitely <laughs> how has how how would you say social media has changed and like have there been any like pivotal moments where you think wow social is really changing here has it been like a few shifts maybe when yeah. instagram came in yeah. so how has it changed throughout the journey okay so
1: what what have been the game changers? um i'd say well instagram started but people were quite slow to kind of jump on that bang bandwagon um and uh but the the main kind of game changer was when instagram stories was brought out and that kind of set a few marketers um or sent them up in arms um kind of including me to an extent when i was quite quite used to mucking around on snapchat and just thinking oh well you know these These Instagram folk, they they should just be happy with the uh, platform that they've got, but they're looking to monopolize everything. And of course, now, lo and behold, I'm I'm using Instagram all day, every day and barely giving, admittedly, Snapchat a, a looking to. Although actually I did I did log on today and I posted a nice little selfie of myself looking like a cat. But yeah, so, and then a lot of people also have said, oh, is Twitter dying? And I'm just like, definitely, definitely not. I love it still. Um, it's it's still a platform that has its own um, unique characteristics and um, you can use it in completely different ways to other um, platforms. So I'm still quite um, quite a big uh flag holder for that cham- channel um and then actually one of the other platforms that we've started to do a lot more on ourselves more for consumer facing um opportunities is linkedin which is really interesting because uh, people back in the day just thought oh well it's purely for finding jobs and looking at companies but that is definitely not the case so we look forward to um we're actually going to be launching a few campaigns on that platform, which will hopefully shake shake things up a little bit as well. And then also one of the other things that we're kind of looking to... This is more of a business development um, approach, but we're looking to break uh, the Chinese market as well. So... Um, But that is yet to be explored in full, but very much on the horizon, at least for us at Truffle.
0: So tell me more about TikTok and why that's come into fruition now and how you can start to use that for marketing.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's like a great way to engage, well, particularly the younger audiences um, who are super, super active and all they really do is walk around on their phones all day. So um, they love to kind of share a lot of like, Comedy and entertainment, and um, share their own creativity. I think these days, um, by showing your creativity, it's just a way of kind of expressing yourself. Um, and you know, people, young people in particular, have that freedom. And if they've got that time to um, spend on editing little videos through the TikTok app, which I think is like it, it boggles my mind still, and I can I can spend hours on it, but um it's it's time that is quite precious to me as well at the same time so i think that our next uh our next um step will be to hire some some more millennials to to join the the truffle crew so that we can get some uh tiktok specialists on board but yeah i mean we've definitely had like a few um clients coming to us saying you know is this something that we need to explore um, so for some we say yes for others we say definitely not um, focus your resources in other areas and, um, and for others it's it's, a, it's a, a work in progress and a territory still to be explored
0: definitely so TikTok's quite a, quite a recent platform it is very present in 2019 what does make an effective a good social media strategy?
1: Um, for us Uh, it's about focusing resources in the right on the right platforms um, and also video content is still growing so IGTV Instagram TV that for us is something that we are doing a lot of kind of strategic work around a lot of creative work around and Um, people are starting to use that more as a platform in replacement of YouTube, which is quite an interesting one.
0: So yeah, have you found much traction with IGTV? Because I thought it was something that came out, people tried it a little bit and then they just didn't use it again.
1: Yes, I know, but only for the brands that use it well. Um, so some brands will just use it and go, oh, well, we've got um, a one minute, 30 second video that we couldn't quite edit down further enough to fit into our normal Instagram feed. We'll just chuck it on IGTV, which for us is not the right strategy. Um, whereas for other brands, uh, one of the things that we're putting together is um, are, are a few campaign plans around... Um, putting together real series so um, how do we create actual stories that run like I don't know you you effectively want to use Instagram TV as a mini Netflix how do we approach it that way so that's how we're kind of going right dear client this is our proposal this is our uh, this is how we would run um, a storyboard or a campaign and and it is almost like mini films so it's, uh, it's really exciting for us.
0: Have you seen, it is, this is more B2B, but have you seen Wistia's 110-100? No. So I, I like to use this as a, a really cool case study because Wistia video marketing platform makes some fantastic content and they essentially made a, uh, a series um which is a documentary where they they essentially made three ads one which was 1000 pound one which was 10000 pound and one one which was 100000 pound they turned it into a netflix style series where they did a behind the scenes on how how essentially this experiment worked where they they had these three ads and they got a um a production company called sandwich video in la to do it for them and it was just it was, it was a really fantastic piece because they're they're making this fully serialized netflix type content which is on amazon prime now and it's just it, it's for a company to do it it's just mind-blowing yeah. um that type of serialized content because it's reacting to the way people actually yeah. consume content yeah, exactly. um and that they've recently recently released another one which i think is a lot more market focus because it's just interviews with with other senior marketers but yeah 110 100 awesome awesome case study of serializing content what do you say to a client that says social media doesn't work
1: um we say social media does work it just takes um the right strategy uh right level of creativity obviously we need to kind of think about what they're who's their target audience what are their objectives how are we going to get there it's not just about going right we'll just post a, post some nice pictures of fluffy dogs or whatever there's um there's a lot more there's a lot more strategy and context uh, behind what we do so
0: and uh, how much do they need to invest into into social media to get a strategy lots that works and
1: lots and lots of money <laughs> no they don't uh, i mean really for any campaigns it's not about uh, oh, if you put a grand in, then you're going to get three grands worth out of it. It's, it's never as simple as that. It's it's often about you know how are we working really creatively to make sure that we um, achieve the objectives or, or or look to achieve the objectives that we're really aiming to get, but also kind of combining all of our, the thought process around who's the target audience, what resources do we have, like what assets do we have to work with? And um, it's, it doesn't always mean that you need to just kind of go all out with, a, with an all singing, all dancing campaign. Um, but, you know, there is, a, there is obviously a starting point.
0: Yeah and uh, have you found that in order to be successful on social with the amount of content there the amount of competition with everyone now having a social media team or an agency doing it for them have you found they need to spend more to start getting success or is it just about being more clever about it?
1: Yeah no I think um, well every no two brands are ever the same and um, what we often do is we'll kind of We work very collaboratively with our clients. So we'll say, look, what are your objectives? And we'll give them some realistic KPIs at the very beginning so that they also know what to expect and how much they need to invest to start getting something out of it. Um, Obviously, um, you could argue that with a lot of what we do in social, it's quite fluffy and you can't just say, okay, well, one picture equals... 10 people being driven to the website because it doesn't happen like that. Um, But it is, yeah, it's just about kind of thinking in the right way about what is going to work with their brand. Um, So, yeah, I mean, brands will come to us and say, look, here are our brand guidelines, but how are you going to use that to run some interesting social media campaigns? This is our budget Or can you recommend a a set of campaigns with with some costs? And then we effectively go from there.
0: So what are some of the favorite campaigns you've run?
1: Well, okay, so we're running a great campaign at the moment that involves um, dogs and getting animals down to um, a hotel client of ours. Um, and it's going to be for Christmas. It's not run yet, uh, but it's, I mean, we're already finding it tricky because logistically you can't just get, uh, you can't ask a dog to sit and it will sit for, for hours on, on end. And we, uh, we actually ran our first kind of uh, practice shoot yesterday. So we've, we've already experienced some of that, but that's, um, that's more of a watch this space. Uh, sort of campaign we've also run campaigns for um for model zone for example which is a cosmetics brand and um with that we we ran a campaign called one two three four thumb war so thumb war alluding to the whole competition i declare a thumb war type um uh game that we used to play as kids um, but we we got loads and loads of nail art influencers um, to come on board and um, support us with a campaign rolling out the new launch of a bunch of uh, new nail polish products um, and then we embargoed them we gave them this crazy picture to paint on their own nails and um, when they posted it all at the same time all of a sudden um, there was this crazy movement on Instagram where loads and loads of people were commenting on it finding out who was the um, central account that it was coming from and it just effectively signposted all of these um, nail art lovers to this cosmetics brand account and um yeah all of a sudden like within a week people were posting their pictures um of their crazy nail art and we just loved seeing it because it just gained so much traction and effectively um the consumers became uh advocates for the brand itself um and it was just a massive massive success so lots of fun very creative um and drove a lot of sales as well
0: and what about some 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 of those campaigns you enjoyed the most
1: for me anything that involves um like real creativity, um, that's the most enjoyable. Um, we also work with the government, for example, and um, there you can imagine you know, there's quite a lot of red tape on things, but more and more, um, we're able to think a lot more outside the box and our clients are beginning to really trust us to go, okay, well, actually, they really know what they're doing. They know who to, how to target people and how to kind of really um, resonate with people so that they're actually engaged. Um, so for us, anything that kind of really engages people is is um, super effective.
0: Definitely. And how about some campaigns that you haven't worked on that you've admired? You're like, yeah, that's good. Use it as a benchmark kind of.
1: Um,
0: have I put you on the spot here?
1: Yes, you have. Do you know what? Normally I have a million answers to this. Oh, okay. Do you know what? <laughs> this is controversial. Fire um, Fire Festival okay it was bloody brilliant to start with but the actual festival itself flopped but i just think that the way that they um that they ran that campaign with everyone all of these models and influencers posting just that orange square with very little context um other than a tag to fire festivals central instagram account i think it was really really effective um it was just a real shame that the... Uh, my sister included was sat, sat on the uh, tarmac of the Miami... Really? Uh, Air, Miami airport waiting to, to go. And she was sat next to DJ Khaled. I don't know why I'm going off on one, but she was sat next to DJ Khaled and was going, why aren't we going? Why aren't we going? <laughs> and, I, and then they soon got brunt of um, the fact that, uh, yeah, Fire Festival was was no, no more. Yep. A complete sham.
0: How much do you reckon they spent on that? Because they were getting some high-profile influencers and...
1: I don't know. What was that guy's name? Bobby something or Billy Billy something. Billy. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I watched the documentary, though, on Netflix and I was... Yeah, I was quite impressed as much as I was um, (laughs) disgusted.
0: (laughs) I was impressed by how he kept going out and getting more money each time. I just...
1: Yeah. Some people are able to really sell it and... It just takes someone with absolute unshakable confidence to get people to put their money in their pockets. When you know, it's just insane. Like a real talent, but not one that uh, is favoured by many.
0: Yeah, I, I've got a question for you. Changing the subject a little bit um, because it's something that, um, like, I guess I think about a lot. And with with younger sisters on on social how do you deal with sort of the mental health side of social and how it can be unhealthy and your approach to that? Yeah,
1: I mean, actually, one of my personal dreams um, is to set up a mental health um, support service for people who specifically have um, issues off the back of their use of social media. Um, We Uh, I mean, one of the things that anyone can do is set uh, timers on their apps so that they're not overusing them, so that they get a little alert and so that they actually have to then um, log in by like adding their password or whatever. But it's still an extra prompt to be able to actually then get access back into their Instagram or Facebook or whatever it is that they're using too much of. Um, but I think also the other thing is it's just really important to make sure that you're aware and it's so easy to say but aware of um, the information that you're taking in um, i I experience it myself you know there's a you can't help but compare yourself to people um, we're We're actually working with um, a mental health um, charity. Uh, we can't say the name of them at the moment, but it will be revealed in the next couple of months. Um, but just to kind of make sure that people are um, aware of different little tweaks that they can um, apply to their lifestyles um, to ensure that they aren't going on social media overload. Because despite it being my um, career focus, I certainly don't want it to be my entire life. Um, and I would, I would really encourage other people to to make sure that they don't uh, make it the be all and end all of theirs as well
0: that's the thing with with the social media platforms they they are built for you to stay on for as long as possible and people do post the the best side of themselves highly filtered highly edited only the best times they're having and you just end up comparing yourself to people who have who are living their social life yeah, which yeah. is very different to their actual life oh i know uh, But what about um instagram taking away or being not being able to view likes do you reckon that helps because i've heard a few different perspectives on there
1: i think it actually could be a really interesting one um particularly as recently uh instagram have been mucking around with their algorithms as they do um and uh so many people have said okay well i used to get you know 500 likes and a picture and now i'm getting 30 it now makes me look like i've been buying them previously when i haven't been but it's only because instagram have been um reducing the potential reach of your posts um so then people are going well actually i can't really be bothered to keep on just trying and trying to keep that engagement up and they're actually giving up so in some for some people it's quite interesting where you know it's it's it it won't make a difference not being able to see the likes whereas i can understand also for brands like it is a good way of us measuring what is gaining what's getting the real traction what's engaging people um and we need to use that as well as a marketer myself i i need to use that as a way of um uh of strategizing the route forward as well how do we how do we optimise things as we as we move forward and, and ensure that all of our kind of recommendations are on point? Um, and so a lot of that is informed from um, the analytics that we see, including likes.
0: You'll still be able to see your own likes. Yeah. So... Uh,
1: yes, true. But I think a lot... Well, I guess, yes, you're right. Uh, I think a lot of people will still be missing the fact that they can't... Um, that it's not kind of shown to yeah. the world. How, how do
0: you um, how do you deal with the algorithm changes and switches that the platforms make? Because as 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 an agency that are looking to grow um, grow different brands' presence on social, and then an algorithm change comes, yeah. and you have to adapt to that.
1: It is difficult. I mean, we had we had a client just this week email us saying, "What's going on? We've actually seen." Some of the um, engagement dip recently, and um, it was quite interesting because um, we know that the uh, w- that the content is actually a lot more effective in general because it was driving more comments, but it was driving fewer likes. So it was it's that's something that we kind of s- speculate about all the time. Um, but yeah, I mean, really for us as an agency, all we can do is um, keep practicing and, and um, trialing and often finding a lot of errors as well and then starting again to, to figure out what the continual algorithm changes are so that we can try and stay as far ahead of the curve as possible. But quite often that's, a, that's an impossible um, and endless um, and sometimes tenuous uh, objective to keep on reaching. But we've got to uh, keep on with it
0: definitely i'm, I'm, I'm going to sort of wrap it up here with a question about you and truffle in general what excites you about the future business
1: for me i i'm excited about our journey and the adventure that we're we're going on um i love my team we've got like such a cute little team of uh, tinkers uh, who just get on with things, and they're all just so ambitious, and they they're all kind of on board with the truff the vision for truffle. Um, as far as social media goes, uh, one of the things that we are looking to do is uh, break the market in China. So that's a business development um, initiative that I'm personally going to be kind of getting involved in um, quite soon, and then. Also, we'd really like to go and open some offices in um, America. So just to uh, solidify our international footprint as well. But um, yeah, I mean, for us, we are bang up for collaborating with other agencies, even if they're in the same space. And um, yeah, and just kind of exploring um, all of the future opportunities that social media has in, in store for us.
0: Definitely. Well, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. Where can people find you?
1: www.trufflesocial.com um, or follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Snapchat, Vine,
0: YouTube, blah, blah,
1: blah, blah, all, blah. All the places. All of them. All of them. We're all over it.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Thank you very much.